0: In the early 90s, fresh off the heels of the monumental success of Tim Burton's Batman, a slew of superhero movies were released and marketed to children and young adults. But before Marvel Studios came along and cracked the formula for success with their cinematic universe, the early attempts of Batman copycats were… a little strange. We had the likes of Darkman, Dick Tracy, The Phantom, The Crow, and Meteor Man. But, for whatever reason, one film in particular sticks out in my childhood mind as being incredibly cool. I owned and adored an action figure of the titular character, a badass, gunslinging, fedora-wearing masked vigilante that was the epitome of rad to 13-year-old John. Unfortunately, I barely remember the movie itself, other than the fact that it was awesome. It was awesome! I, I think... right? Well, I, I hope so. Maybe it's time I found out.
1: That movie was The Shadow. Welcome to The Hold Up. Each month we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years. Watch it and decide, does it hold up? I'm John Nelson. And I'm John Longineau. And hey, welcome back, everybody! Hey, surprise! It's us. It feels like we've been away for a while. It's John
0: and John, <laughs> just like it's always been, and it's it always will be. Always will be. Um, John, what happened last month? What what was going on? Well, wait, I, I I tuned into our podcast, and a couple of jokesters were on it. Like, uh, did they invade? Like, what's happening?
1: Well, there is this solemn holiday that we practice every year in America, John Longino. It's called April Fools i've not heard of this <laughs> oh well it's where we play pranks and practical jokes on each other and this time we pranked the audience surprise everybody uh you were treated to jeremy bear and daniel long of the podcast the freshman 15 uh and they did a stellar job of keeping the podcast warm for us thank you fellas uh oh really... is that
0: is that why i was on the freshman 15 last month yes you, you just sort of took me to a room and said hey <laughs> we're recording a different podcast i didn't really understand
1: Yep, that's, uh, and as John- I'm kidding, this is another prank. I was in on it too. Oh, I, I knew what we were doing. Uh, yeah, so- Gotcha. You... <laughs> so yeah, if you guys want to hear what we were doing last month and you uh, didn't figure out our clever little uh, breadcrumb trail, you can find us over at the Freshman 15 podcast. Just go to your iTunes or your podcatcher or whatever it is you use to listen to these uh, podcasts. Type in Freshman 1515, one five. The numbers one five, and uh, you will find us there, uh, talking about the works of Rob Zombie, specifically House of a Thousand Corpses.
0: So yes, I hope you enjoyed uh, Jeremy Barron Daniel Long last month for sure. I really enjoyed listening to that. They did Crocodile Dundee, right? That was and, yes, and they, that was fun.
1: They hit every single beat that we would have hit. They managed <laughs> Tried to keep true. It, yeah, they managed to keep it personal. They managed to. Uh, they did all the tricks, and really, yep. what that shows is that you don't need us. We'll just uh, <laughs> hire out people to do this, and you know, we'll you know go on, retire or yep. something.
0: But if you missed us last month and you're wondering, you know, where we were, yes, go to listen to the Freshman Fifteen. You will hear the tried and true John and John on that podcast. Yeah, but, but we're
1: back, putting our stamp on things. Yeah, we're back. Here we are, back in the saddle of our own podcast. Um, and speaking of our own podcast, what is uh, the movie on tap for us tonight, Mister Longino?
0: Well, for this lovely month of may we will be watching
1: the shadow Ooh, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men the shadow knows nice well but before we get to that uh we have to open up the old mailbag and we have have to to dust it off first (laughs) yeah first we have to dust it off and then we have to (laughs) keep the seams from busting we got quite a number of uh comments over the last couple months everybody was saving them up apparently (laughs) Um, Specifically, we got a ton of comments, both emailed and, uh, you know, on social media and in person about the Sandlot. And for those of you who maybe missed the show, um, I don't want to spoil things for you, but Longino had one opinion and I had another, and apparently... I'm wrong. <laughs> well, you
0: are wrong because a third party, our friend Trevor, uh, went my way. No, no.
1: So, definitively. Well, I mean, on the podcast, wrong. I was definitely wrong, but in life, I am also wrong. Um, I'm going to <laughs> break from tradition a little bit and read you a couple notes we got uh, from Instagram and from a text that we got. <laughs> uh, our friend Josh texted us and he said, Just listen to the holdup. Man, Nelson came for the Sandlot hard. My memory's a bit hazy of the two, but I don't think Stand By Me and Sandlot occupy the same coming-of-age territory. Stand By Me is way more mature, and most of the jokes went over my head when I originally saw it at age 12. I think it's something that works best when you're age 13 to 16, whereas the Sandlot is for a younger audience. There's room to love both. Hashtag Team Sandlot. Yeah. Uh, and we got a note from Karen on Instagram. She said, Absolute legend. My oldest, now 19, Eek, learned to slide from this movie. Forget the fact that his dad coached major leaguers, that direction was lost, but Sandlot, it stuck. Uh, we also got one of our uh, awesome emails from Ray Morton. Did you say emails? Because I think you meant to say
0: essay. Well, I love you, Ray, but man, you you when you write an email, you
1: don't fuck around. I got to say. I appreciate that about him. I, I, give us more. <laughs> All of you, write your novels and send them to us at holduppodcast at gmail.com. No, I do
0: appreciate them greatly. Thank you, Ray, for writing it.
1: Yeah, don't listen to him. Uh, hi Johns. Enjoy the Sandlot episode immensely, especially Nelson's curmudgeonly dismissive attitude toward the Holt Enterprise and Lonjo's echoey flashback to his earlier prediction, which I think should become a staple of the show. Of the Sandlot I can say nothing because I have not seen it, but I did read the script long before the movie was made. It was, in fact, my first paid reading gig. A friend of mine worked at Castle Rock at the time and asked if I would be interested in reading for them. I read it and my opinion pretty much echoed Nelson's. I thought it was a blatant and poorly done ripoff of Stand By Me, and this is what I wrote in my coverage along with numerous other negative comments. In addition to Stand By Me, I thought it ripped off a dozen other better movies about childhood, which I listed. When I was called back to discuss my coverage, the development head said that she got the impression from the coverage I did not like the screenplay. I told her that was correct. She paused a moment, then looked me straight in the eye and said, This is being made, you know. So I said the only other thing I could. So? It's still terrible. She laughed and sent me on my way. I figured I had blown the job, but a few days later she called me back and I ended up reading for her for a year or so. I'd like to think it was because I had demonstrated strength and integrity, but it was probably just because they couldn't find anyone else to work cheap. Keep up the good work, Ray. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Ray. Thank you so much.
0: That's wow. Well, you know what? At least you you made a stand and put your stamp, like Martin Luther, you know, banging on the <laughs> on the door, putting his notice up. Like you you I, it had some integrity that's in Hollywood. That, that,
1: well, that's true. It's, I was it's gonna a say miracle, say that, right? like, That's <laughs> what that compares to, but it actually kind of is in Hollywood. So, um, but yeah. So there you go, folks. Uh, we asked for critiques, and uh, I, I definitely got what I asked for. John Nelson, you suck. The Sandlot rules. <laughs> I
0: don't know if it's quite that cut and dry. But no, no.
1: <laughs> Everybody's right and I'm I think wrong. I
0: think it was more like, wow, that was a little harsh. Like, okay, calm down, old man. Like that, uh, Not you suck. Fuck the Sandlot.
1: <laughs> now I hate it even more.
0: Uh, we've received another email from our dear listener, Eric. Thank you, Eric, for writing in. He writes in subject line, I love JB and DL. Hey guys, long-time listener, and I just couldn't stop laughing at your Crocodile Dundee episode. At first, the bass and audio modulation of Jeremy Barrett's voice nearly had a merry-heart effect on me, but I was laughing so hard I got used to it. Combine that with Daniel, and it was really terrific. I love the normal show, but a surprise visit every now and then from Jeremy and Daniel would be amazing. Eric. Well, first of all, Eric how dare you not to know it's fine (laughs) no we we love jeremy and, and daniel as well i thought they did a really good job i'm really glad you enjoyed it
1: yes uh and who knows maybe one day you may hear their dulcet tones rocking our mics once again you never know that would be predictable, wouldn't that's it? That's true. Have
0: we, we haven't had a repeat guest yet. Not yet.
1: We? Well, I mean, technically, they would be the only two who have been on the show twice. I guess that's true, since they, but since they weren't, crashed the party. But they weren't guests, technically. Uh-huh. So there have been no repeat guests. They were usurpers. Mm, well, I guess that counts. Two, guess so. we, we've had repeat usurpers. All right, then. Well, then. Enough with that. Uh, let's move on to the subject of the night. The shadow. Yes, please. Let's do. Oh yes, let's do. So, John Longino, this is your pick. What the it, fuck? It it is.
0: Um, I I think I should be up front and, and <laughs> shoot straight. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm not on a little bit of a fishing expedition here. <laughs> this I mean- is always the speech you give when you when you're
1: about to throw your own pick under the bus. Well, I got.
0: I have to say, I I. I I don't know about listeners, but I particularly enjoy episodes where we watch something that's kind of bad, right? <laughs> and so the truth of the matter is I do, I do have fond memories of The Shadow. That is not inaccurate. I saw it one time as a kid and really enjoyed it. And then, like I said in the intro, I really, really remember having this really cool action figure of The Shadow. And uh, so I was sort of thinking of like, okay, some we haven't done like a childhood double check in a while. Mm. Uh, of like, hey, I liked this when I was really young. I mean, The Sandlot kind of qualifies, but I had seen that when I was older and stuff. Whereas right. this is a movie that I only have childhood memories of. Like, no adult John has ever seen The Shadow. You've only seen all. it the one time. I've saw it the one time. Okay, because I have also only
1: seen it once.
0: Yeah. So, so there we go. So, I mean, obviously, I've I've claimed to have remembered it fondly, uh, Nelson. You you've seen it. When did you see it? Like what?
1: Uh, well, I must have seen it. Fairly soon after it came out, I saw it in college when it was playing in the theater that was at the college, and I got it. I mean, I remember almost nothing about this film, and I don't remember the circumstances surrounding me seeing it. I think I just went in, saw it, took a nap, and that was the end of it. The only thing I remember from this movie, because you're gonna you're gonna have to you know take this whole thing and run with it, <laughs> the, I remember one brief moment where Alec Baldwin as the Shadow gets into the car. And he's got a fucked up face because they were trying to like duplicate the Lamont Cranston, like fucked up face the shadow has with a big hook nose and all that that Alec Baldwin does not have. Uh-huh. So when he becomes the shadow, he transforms into the shadow. So he's in the back seat and his driver looks in the rear view, and one second he's this distorted shadow creature, and then the next he's turning into a uh, handsome Alec Baldwin. That's the only scene I remember okay. in the movie. I
0: kind of remember that part.
1: Uh, everything else is a complete blank.
0: But my, my memories are also pretty hazy, I have to say. I mean, I like how do we handle this, like in terms of who kind of gives the, the log line of the movie?
1: Well I mean I
0: remember more than you. I think I'll say that. I was that. gonna say,
1: I mean, if you remember more then you should give the okay. log line, I guess. Because usually if if we haven't seen it, we would take a, a stab at it, but we've both right, seen it seen and it. don't remember it. Right. So. so you're not gonna make the guesses and, and okay. Uh, Let me guess, The Shadow is going to fight spies and saboteurs in the 30s, and he's going to use his ability to cloud men's minds to succeed, (laughs) and maybe he'll use guns, but they probably won't kill anybody because it's a movie for kids. The end. That's probably pretty
0: accurate. (laughs) Um, So The Shadow, from my very hazy memory, and please forget, this is going to be very vague because I don't remember a lot of specifics, but uh, The Shadow is well i can say this outside of the movie itself i know i didn't know this when i first saw it but i have come to know this that the shadow is uh, uh, like a comic book character and radio drama probably most famously from the 30s
1: yeah well i, th- I don't think it was a comic book for i think it was, was ra- it was I, a radio drama it was,
0: that i think it was kind of all at the same time i Did think it was become? comic book and radio drama i think it's most known for being a radio drama okay but also was a comic book and various other well, things. Well, because famously
1: Orson Welles did The Shadow. Yes. Originally, yes. he didn't do the whole thing, but...
0: Right, and the radio show would always open with like, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The Shadow knows. And the only reason I know that is because there's a reference to it in a cartoon... Uh, Like a Looney Tunes cartoon with a bunch of crows (laughs) goofing around and there's like a shadow reference. So I I didn't know what the shadow was, but when I was a kid, I saw a hundred times this crow in a cartoon go, who knows what evil looks at the hearts of men. The shadow knows, had no idea what he was talking about or whatever. (sighs) So just a lost reference that I finally figured out later. But it's sort of well known as that. Um, And the shadow is like, basically he's a masked, he's, he's a vigilante that kind of has magic powers or, or some sh- sort of like weird mind powers. Yeah. Like, he's
1: got the ability to quote unquote cloud men's minds right. and, th- and they're never very specific about what that ability entails. He just sort of is able to uh, pull the wool over people's eyes and <laughs> right. disappear into the shadows. And
0: so the, the film stars Alec Baldwin <laughs> as the, is the shadow. And and the idea is like, he, it's, it's very superhero. like, he's a normal rich guy by day. And then by night, he kind of dons this outfit and goes out and fights for justice. And it's kind of like if Dick Tracy and Batman were, had a kid, uh, it's kind of <laughs> like what The Shadow is.
1: Yeah, I think, well, I think Batman stole everything from The Shadow right. and just made him a superhero <laughs> and then uh, right. had the nerve to be more successful. Because The Shadow, I think, um, well, he didn't have, I, I mean, I didn't listen to all the radio shows. I've listened to a few, but I, you know... I know only a very glancing little bit about the shadow, but what I know is he usually dealt with very human adversaries. It's like, again, spies, yes. saboteurs, yeah. and, you know, I, yeah, communists. Was... <laughs> <It's>...
0: <laughs> yeah. And the idea was he could, he sort of knew what evil was in these guys. And he, I, I don't know if he knew personal things about them, or I know for certain there was a bit of he could kind of shroud himself. Right. Like he could be kind of invisible or like unseen to them. And I think that face stuff you're talking about where he, Alec Baldwin looks different right. is an aspect of that power. Like he can sort of hide his identity through magic, I guess. <laughs> um, and so he's just out, he, he dual wields these like semi-automatic handguns, has a fedora and a red uh, kind of almost like bandit mask on, like he's robbing a train or something. Right. And he goes out and just fights crime at night. Um, the movie itself, I know that... I don't remember the specifics or exactly how or why, but in a weird way, I know the villain is either like it's is Genghis Khan or it's like a relative of <laughs> Genghis Khan... <laughs> right
1: well wait and <laughs> this takes place in the 30s yeah and it's I, Genghis Khan
0: well, I think it's one of those mummy things where like they bust a tomb open or something and Genghis Khan comes out. I, I don't remember okay. how or why all right I just remember it's Genghis Khan or someone like him <laughs> and and the deal with it it's very speaking of Batman it's very like Batman Raz al Ghul where I think like the shadows magic mystery powers are shared by this Han guy right because like, in all
1: origin yes. movies the villain and the hero have to be tied <laughs> right. together as is
0: required by law in comic book and superhero stuff they have the same powers or whatever yeah so I, I want to say that like the shadow learned these powers you know in the east and then now there's this
1: guy <laughs> in the coming. mysterious world yeah. of the orient
0: I don't know it was the 30s so I'm sure it's like racist
1: as hell or oh something. man that'll be awesome yeah, and so th- not the racism, but the fact <laughs> it's all somehow they're gonna have to like justify all these weird like you know Asian influences right. and Eastern influences like, but not be like, but you know it's not no Charlie Chan you yeah. know yellow menace well, stuff well, here. I guess we'll
0: see. You know, I don't, I, I don't know, but I know that they and I obviously a woman's involved. I don't remember who it is, and I wouldn't be remotely surprised if there's a bunch of actors and actresses in it that are very recognizable that we just
1: don't remember. Probably, we we'll probably this will be like Twister where it'll be a bunch of like. Oh, so, oh, hey,
0: it's you. And hey, it's, you. it's
1: that guy who was in a lot of movies later. Totally.
0: But my I, th- for some reason this this kind of vision of this character was always really appealing to me. And I think it tapped into, I mean, I think quite literally it, it's tapping into like Jungian archetypes. I mean, that's very right. clear. Like literally from the name, the shadow. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of evoking a feeling of a dark side of a mystery which makes sense that it's tied closely to kind of what batman's doing it's the same deal right like right batman's bruce wayne by day and then his dark side batman takes over at night right so i think there's something appealing to me in my childhood about this character who's like a dark i was always attracted to like darth vader or batman or these kind of darker characters right and this guy being a little dangerous and evil and kind of mysterious and i i even want to say he takes some pleasure in like fucking people up
1: yeah, I, I think he did. I think he. Well, he if he didn't take pleasure in it himself, he sure pretended to. Sure. That was part. Of, he would. He had a laugh. Right. Right. That was part of the. Deal, yeah. The yeah. He's like, <laughs> like, and, and then he'd shoot people yeah. and laugh some more. It was and, kind
0: of horrific. Like I think he's like scaring the shit out of the criminals he's attacking. Basically. Right. You're kind of like Batman. I, well, it he yeah, sounds a lot like
1: Batman. Yeah, but. he's like Batman, except Batman at the end, you know, drops the criminals off in the asylum, and then they break out a month later. The Shadow's <laughs> like, oh, I'll save the taxpayers, just, the cost of a trial, yeah, boom, yeah. boom.
0: I'll just drop your ass. None of that my one rule bullshit. Like he's just <laughs> smoking dudes. Yeah, it's like he's better than Batman. No, I'm kidding.
1: There's uh, <laughs> uh there was a uh, the way I kind of got to know the Shadow uh in the '80s was there was a a comic book done by Howard Chakin, who had done, like, American Flag and a couple other uh, notable books. And he drew the shadow, and he just drew him as this... Homicidal maniac. <laughs> There's a I, I put it up on the web on the Facebook page for everybody to enjoy. It's just him gunning people down. And he's got like Uzis instead of automatic you know, semi-automatics. He's just gunning people down, and the, the art is just ha 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 <laughs> oh, and then his partner, you know, the lady I forget her name, she's like, Did you have to mow them down? He's like, Wow, well, I the criminal element needs to suffer and the the, the, the citizen should be spared the expense of having to try these animals or something like that it's like jesus christ it's very uh violent and and sort of taking the 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 shadow to the nth 80s degree right if the only thing he needed to do after that was just snort a line of coke and uh you know well
0: i i do think i mean that is that is funny but i do think there is an aspect of the character that is fairly sinister like like i i don't want to say it's a horror movie by any stretch of the imagination but i think there are sort of like horrific edgy elements to it and I know, I really can tell why it was appealing to me as a kid. I, I really can. And I, I think my hope is that, you know, I mean, I'll cut to the chase. I don't think it's going to be like a great movie. Like, let's <laughs> let's not kid ourselves. But my, the reason I, I feel I need to check, like, I really need to check because it could be terrible and I'll be wrong. And like, there we go. But, but maybe I feel like there's something there that's maybe. like interesting I mean, I know it's just Maybe. a rip of Batman. and Because like, right. the thing is, this movie wouldn't exist without Batman. I think that's plainly clear. Sure. And they go, well, shit, man, Batman, you know, <laughs> yeah, got Batman its origin from off, the shadow. So,
1: yeah, so now it's, yeah, turnabout's yeah. fair play.
0: But there's something about these Batman knockoff movies where they, because Tim Burton just blew things up with this edgy, crazy, weird Batman, gothic-like movie, mm-hmm. all these copycat movies by, I guess, by the blueprint... needed to be weird
1: and kind of dark and, like, strange. The trouble is, though, I mean, we have history on our side here to tell us this, Longino. There was 10 years between Tim Burton's Batman and the X-Men, and there was a lot of dumb shit in between. (laughs) So I... like you you brought this up in the intro Darkman is in there there's a couple of like odd little gems in there I wouldn't say Darkman is like the best superhero movie but it's kind oh, of a, I, I love Darkman it's Man. a fun superhero movie Yeah,
0: Darkman would maybe qualify for this uh, podcast except I know it too well like I actually uh, really like Darkman a lot I will guarantee you Darkman is better than The Shadow like <laughs> No doubt. But this is like the runner-up of that concept of Maybe. a fedora creepo. You I know? mean,
1: but like you say, though, we've only got like Dick Tracy, the Phantom, <laughs> the, the Dolph Lundgren, the Punisher. I, I only
0: saw the Phantom <laughs> once or twice, and I can tell you even as a kid that was bad. Like,
1: like, it is weird, though, that there was that like brief. I mean, nowadays, if an actor wants to work in Hollywood and be like super famous, they have to do a superhero movie. It's weird that this sort of feels like that, because I don't see Alec Baldwin as saying, yeah, fuck yeah! I want to do the shadow. I just see him going like, "Well, Glengarry Gary, Glen Ross did okay. <laughs> I guess I'm sort of on an upward t- trajectory right. here. I guess I'll, if I got to do a superhero, the shadow is good enough. But like, I don't know. I get the feeling I, he might be great, or he might be phoning this one in. And I, uh, I don't know. Alec Baldwin's not the guy I want to see covered in makeup and prosthetics. <laughs> And yet they do that, so...
0: Yeah, he ends up kind of looking like Daniel Baldwin from my memory.
1: <laughs> it's like they just got his brother to run in and be the I, other guy. See, that's part of the weirdness of it. It's like they really felt the, the need to, like, well, he's got a... You know, the shadow doesn't wear a mask. You know, he's, uh, most times he's depicted as wearing a red scarf over his mouth, but... There's no real mask. And I'm sure the producers or whoever were like, well, he's got to wear a mask of some kind and the the red thing ain't doing it for make his face <laughs> his mask. Make it this weird witch like
0: that. Don't you like he can use voodoo powers to make himself look weird? Like, I'm I don't
1: know. It. At the time, I found it really off putting, but maybe I tonight wa- I'll love
0: it. I want to say, and I could be wrong. I'm having this vague memory of him. This is a very canned stock concept, but I feel like he's looking in a mirror and having like a freak out scene like something's wrong i don't I, he might even like rip his face off and he's con underneath or like that cliche like i think something like that happens i can't I wait to wrong. see what this is <laughs> what this
1: memory comes from actually
0: this movie might just be every other beat is just a rip off of something else and like here it is but I, I, yeah, I feel, I remember him looking in a mirror, being horrified, and or maybe I'm thinking of Poltergeist, I don't know, <laughs> it's kind of like, where the guy rips his face off, it could be, I could just be, con- like,
1: misconstruing it, we'll see. Great, alright, <laughs> well, then maybe it's about that time, John, what do you, I, I feel like maybe you've said it already, but let's, let's put it in words, John, do you think that the shadow is going to hold up?
0: Okay, it's, it is highly, it is not gonna hold up, that, that is incredibly likely, however, what if it does <laughs> what if <laughs> what if it's fucking great and we just don't remember like it could be great i need to know i need to know
1: i am with you for this experiment but i guarantee you we're coming back and we are coming as uh josh put it in his uh, little note to us we're coming back hard on this one i'm gonna say <laughs> does not hold up uh and i can't wait to see how it doesn't Bear, hold up?
0: What did you say Jeremy Bear called it a long Longino long shot? Yeah. Like that?
1: <laughs> Jeremy Bear had a word for this. He called it the Longino long shot. Which I hey man, thank you for bringing that up.
0: Sometimes long shots hit.
1: Sometimes they do. That's that's the thing about Longino. Everybody, uh, uh a, a gambling man Longino is, and boy does he love shooting the moon more than any other thing on Earth.
0: I gotta say, good or bad, I think we're gonna have a good time.
1: Oh, I guarantee it. So. uh no, no better time than the present. Let's disappear into the night and watch The Shadow.
0: He was consumed by evil. For as long as you can remember, you've struggled against your own black heart. Shoot through him. Every man pays a price for redemption. I'm not looking for redemption. You have no choice. But I'll teach you to use your black shadow to fight evil. He became The Shadow.
1: I didn't see anything. I swear. Dump him. <laughs> Who's there? Did you think you'd get away with it? Did you, you think, think I wouldn't
0: know? <laughs> now, when the world is in danger, report. Police investigation of murder. Agent advises inquiry. Who knows what powers stir in the night? Whenever you. you beats a heart of darkness. I do what I do to fight back the evil inside me, but some part of it is still there, waiting. Genghis Khan conquered half of the world in his lifetime. I intend to finish the job. And when the adventure begins, activate the bomb, who knows where it will end? Alec Baldwin, John Lone. Penelope Ann Miller and Tim Curry.
1: Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The holdup knows. Do we? Hi. <laughs> we're we're back. <laughs> we're awake too. Oh yeah, I never didn't sleep for a single no second during that one. Fucking thanks to that movie. <laughs> Holy shit.
0: The shadow knows uh It knows when you're no sleeping sleeping and
1: it knows when you're awake. <laughs> like Sandy Claus. All right. Um Yeah, when you gotta say when it's old snooze
0: o'clock on uh John's comfy chair <laughs>
1: usually not the best sign but i definitely fell
0: asleep a few
1: times yeah i would look over and he'd be snoozing away and there was a part of me that's like oh man i should wake him up so he could you I know, know do a better show and then there's a part of me that's like eh, this is it if he's falling asleep that's the answer i
0: mean my brain you know it should have wanted to, to for investigative purposes like really but like
1: Man, I was struggling. Like just Logino even slept through the part that he was right about. The, the poltergeist <laughs> pulling off his face. I
0: know. I'm glad I wasn't making that up. That it was literally
1: exactly what I said it was. Uh, yeah. it was he
0: ripped his face off and he's Genghis Khan underneath that had a nightmare like that definitely
1: happened. That was the only thing that this movie did well was that that image of him ripping off his face. Because it actually was a pretty good prosthetic. Yeah, it looked really...
0: I can see why it left an impression when yeah. I was a kid. For it sure. It scared the shit yeah. out of me. Looked good. Yeah. I think that and the... Um, there's an early on kind of very traditional scene with just the gangsters on a bridge... Yes. Uh, about to throw a guy with concrete boots on into the water, and the shadow comes in. <laughs>
1: like that—that that part was like pretty all right. Like it was that like, was okay. good. And then when he left the bridge and and got into his taxi with Peter Boyle, he, you know, I turned to Lajon and I said, "I think we've just seen the last good part of the movie," <laughs> and I wasn't wrong, except yeah. for the poltergeist face pulling part. Let's and speaking of Peter Boyle, let's let 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 me run down some names for you. Peter Boyle, Ian McKellen, Jonathan Winters, Tim fucking Curry. This shit was stacked, man. I mean, and oh, and also like every co-star from Twister, uh, a movie we did in uh, a previous episode. It's like the male nurse from ER. He's in both movies. Uh, The comedian from Mad Men. He was in both Mm -hmm. movies. All these bit parts played by again, all these up and coming actors. You were going to see every single one of these people again couldn't save it david Kep, who is the writer of things like the the sam raimi spider-man the original mission impossible panic room carlito's way you couldn't tell from this movie <laughs> now here here's the thing i maintain that
0: there's like there's aspects of it that there's a like i mean this is not a good movie me, I'll, I'll break that down but there, there's things
1: about it that like it Hey Could be good. There is a it, real good seven-minute short film <laughs> in this movie.
0: Well, what I mean is, like, so the 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 sort of art direction and kind of look of the shadow, and it was very. Th- there's moments where it's really well shot. Yeah, and looks cool. I think it has a good like style to it. I mean, maybe it's just ripping Batman from Tim Burton. Kind of. It has that same like smoke. Sure, fedora yeah. look. But the, you know, there's aspects of it that I. I think look interesting well the yeah pro, the problem um, the, really the problem is like i mean right away like right at the top <laughs> <laughs> alarm <laughs> alarm bells were just
1: blasting hold on let me set the scene it's 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 it, it's it's the poppy fields of where of, of tibet? tibet okay yeah. it's, it's the, the opium fields of tibet and you come in on Alec Baldwin, and he's got this long, scraggly '80s rocker hair and coke fingernails, yeah. and
0: and by the way, he meant, so they do this thing where like it, it they're it's all uh, Asian actors, and it's, they look like you know it's Genghis Khan type deal. And then they zoom in on the leader, who you know, literally, I'm not kidding, looks like <laughs> Fu Manchu, <laughs> like basically. But then it's Alec Baldwin, right. and you're Like what? And he just looks like a super evil. And
1: and, he, it's, and apparently, it's the white man came from America after the, know. after the Great War, <laughs> took over the heroin, you know, distribution and became a king.
0: But what's weird, or later on in the movie, Penelope Ann Miller, who's in this too, by the way, like. Sees visions of him, basically like fucking Dracula from right. like from like from like Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula, like fighting in wars and licking bloody swords and just murdering people. I think the idea what they sort of try to pitch was he was this horrible human being, this evil man. That some kind of monk like warrior shine guy too, and decided I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. redeem
1: this guy. Just
0: said like, hey, I'm gonna make you good now, and now you're gonna fight all the bad guys. And then he had for some reason a flying. Dagger that was animated and had a face that would like cackle like fucking salacious crumb and, and like bite people and stuff and somehow and then it just was like seven years later and we're in New York and they leave out a whole slew and of he's like the shadow
1: yeah they left how out did this,
0: so like, how did this like how do we get here you
1: know what they left out they left out most of the movie Batman Begins that's what they left out <laughs> right. where they where he ninja trains and learns how to cloud men's minds and let me there, there's a correction that should be made to this movie I think it should not be called the shadow it should be called lamont cranston and in tiny parentheses aka the shadow if he was on occasion if he was the shadow for five minutes in this movie then i'll eat my fucking hat i mean he (laughs) was never the shadow i mean he would be the shadow for moments at a time and then he would turn back into alec baldwin for no good reason Except that you know, of course, the you know directors or producers or whoever said, "Well, we can't have him look like you know Billy Baldwin too much. We gotta have him look like Alec Baldwin." And <laughs> By the way, when he's the shadow, he does look like Billy Baldwin. You were, yeah, uh,
0: he, he looks when like. I the, say,
1: Daniel Baldwin. Oh, you said Daniel yeah. Baldwin, but he totally looks like the other. He looks Baldwin like all brother. the Baldwin's
0: were put in a meat grinder, <laughs> and there
1: he is. Like. Yeah, it's uh, it's real weird. Because it's not quite it's it's not quite a change, but and it's sort of like well then why did you why bother? Just <laughs> have Alec Baldwin be the shadow and don't don't put prosthesis well, on. Here, him. Here's my biggest criticism: the
0: whole Genghis Khan k- plot, the whole like it's Tim uh, uh sarcophagus. And by the way, I was right about that. He literally comes out
1: of a coffin. Yeah somehow. And and he's the distant relative of Genghis yeah, Khan. Yeah, so I guess he shipped himself in stealthily yeah, or something. Yeah, he decided he had to ship himself. So like, they make a big deal like, oh, it's Genghis Khan back from the grave and it's like, oh no, it's his third cousin or whatever. <laughs> well, they're cribbing
0: every like stock thing ever. The old like whoopsie it accidentally arrived at the Natural History Museum mysterious package is, is right. something that's in like a lot of stuff. But it's like this kooky fucking plot with like and his band of mongolian warlords that have taken over the city this is the kind of thing where you're like you're making like the shadow five <laughs> and you've had like your normal ass shadow movies and you're like fuck man i don't know genghis khan like you yeah know, that, that's like a real shitty sequel plot yeah. this is like i don't know you're like on your eighth camp crystal lake and you're just pulling shit out of your
1: ass yeah but to like lead with like Psychic con it was just so weird. Yeah, and I don't know this. I mean the tone of the movie was Wildly inconsistent to start with but like there were so many inconsistencies just to how the shadow and his powers work one minute Bullets are flying through him. The next, he gets hit. Oh, God, why? <laughs> and, and it's a problem. You know, one yeah. second, he's, you know, prosthetic face. The next, he can't hold his prosthetic face together and turns back to Alec Baldwin, who apparently has the same powers, so it doesn't really matter at all. <laughs> I mean... It, I think it must just be to protect his identity or something, or be menacing looking. I don't the know. The fact that he can turn invisible isn't enough of a I protectant guess for guess his not. identity?
0: I mean... <laughs> And let's, by the way, let's, we should really take a moment to his love interest, Penelope Ann Miller, is introduced in the weirdest way where she's just this hot girl at a club and then he basically comes over, do you want to go out to dinner with me? And I swear to God, this is how it happens in the movie. They're having dinner. For 10 seconds, out. For like, we've literally seen this girl for like 45 seconds in the movie. And then she just goes, oh, thank you. Yes, no, this dress is really nice. Like, I really like it. And he's like, why are you saying that? I didn't say anything. And she goes, oh, no, I thought you complimented my dress. And he's like, no, I didn't, but I was thinking it. Dun, 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 dun. And then she goes, oh, that's funny. This hasn't happened to me in a long time, but back when I was a kid, me and my cousin, I would hear every thought he had, and I had all these conversations. with I, I guess
1: just, the like, she's psychic? They just decide <laughs> yeah, it's just she's psychic. It's psychic. And the funny thing is he gets this look on his face, but she doesn't say the obvious <laughs> thing that she, she should say in that moment, which is... Oh no! I had no idea you were the shadow, Lamont. <laughs> it's so
0: like... Why are you worried about? How yeah. This why team are you worried about right me now? figuring yeah. out you're the shadow? She's like selectively psychic only when it's convenient, and I and Well,
1: she's also selectively uh, susceptible to the charms of of one dude with the powers, but not the other. Right. Like, he tries to use his power on her. He's like, "You will forget this ever happened." She's like, "Fuck you!" And then later on, Genghis Khan shows up and says, "You're gonna do what I say." She's like, "Yes!" yes. Immediately falls under his spell and they've never established that like oh he's much better with the psychic powers than Alec Baldwin it's just oh they both have psychic powers and eh she falls for one and not for the other sort of like his invisibility works you know on Tuesdays but not on Thursdays or whatever
0: right well I think as the movie progresses you sort of get the sense that Genghis Khan has a much more potent psychic ability than the shadow does I mean they don't overtly say it but there's examples like he's disguised an entire building in town that no one can see and is hiding out in it. And I suppose
1: and that's Alec true. And Al Bowen's
0: like, my God, it's beautiful. I can't, I can't believe he did it, and this kind of thing. And then, oh, and oh, one thing I... It struck me when I was a kid, I can't believe I didn't remember this, but uh, Genghis Khan has this power to just make people commit suicide. Like, that's his big thing. He's like, if Dracula was even more fucked up, and just <laughs> basically, instead of enthralling you, just made you jump off of buildings or blow your brains out or whatever. It's fairly disturbing and violent yeah, for, that's for the... a movie
1: you would, like, take kids to. I know, It's just like <laughs> that's the coolest part of a dumb movie. <laughs>
0: like literally his first scene he makes a, a cop just like put a barrel at his brains and blow his brains out I, and i remember that kind of thing when this movie came out i hadn't seen that much of that of oh, like okay. suicides you know what oh, I mean? like in well, movies geez. i'd seen plenty of shooting and killing and stuff but like just suicide was a concept that in cinema i hadn't really explored much and for it to be this kind of Mind control thing, right? It was really disturbing. I think the only other example I even had was the stuff in Naked Gun, where (laughs) where the watch is like controlling people's minds or whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this sort of was a Naked Gun movie. Kind of, you know. Honestly, kind of was about half of it. Yeah, I mean, and it was weird because in some moments, like Alec Baldwin would be dead fucking serious, and the next he'd be real jokey, and there would be no like rhyme nor reason as to which day i mean like yeah. one day alec baldwin was just happy as can be on the set apparently and decided to be in a jovial mood and the next he's like no i gotta be real serious today i don't know <laughs> well, I, I,
0: actually that describes a whole movie sometimes the movie's really serious and sometimes it's just making these weird like jokes about the situation that i get you know i don't know if joss whedon was doing some punch-up <laughs> on this or <laughs> something like it feels like that yeah like, there's randomly, he's like, oh, um, I'm very well endowed in my psychic abilities. And Penelope and Miller's like, I bet you are. This is just, like, really sappy in your window. You're like, huh? yeah, he's just talking about his dick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hope you're enjoying the movie, kids. Like, it's <laughs> such a weird line. You're like, okay. And then later, like his cabby guy, you know, they're in the heat of the action. It just cuts to P-L- uh, Penelope Ann Miller and the cabby waiting in the street. He just goes like, "Man, this job's really exciting," or he's like, "Do you know what I like about this job? The
1: excitement." <laughs> As they just stand. It was kind of funny, but like it's funny. But that like moment speaks to a huge issue. Again, I've I've listed off all these great actors and actresses, right? Well, one actress and. They are so criminally underused, misused, yeah. abuse. like Ian McKellen playing a dumb fucking <laughs> mad scientist who can't tell red from green, but can build an atomic it, bomb. It is. And
0: I know everyone starts somewhere and stuff. It is just staggeringly strange to see one of the greatest actors like of <laughs> our time, who's been in many a movie, who's been incredible, both in highbrow like artistic films uh-huh. and even lowerbrow like action, even literally superhero movies. Right. Right. And this is yeah. He's literally his thing is just like I'm colorblind and I don't know blue from green and derp. I'm a fucking Albert Einsteiny guy who's being played and it was such a nothing
1: role and you're just like man. I know this is the same. I mean, he did that movie Richard the Third like just three four years later. It's and not it's like fantastic. Yeah, it, it's not as if he wasn't already sort of you know on his way. They I, mean, I don't know or even like Jonathan Winters like
0: jonathan winters is his was he his uncle his or his uncle who's the chief also of police com- or whatever jonathan winters is hilarious i mean if you've ever seen like it's a mad 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 world he's super funny in that he was in all these comedies and stuff and he's talking about underused his big joke in the movies he like rolls his eyes at one point yeah that's kind of it
1: and tim curry like hamming it up sure. in like maybe his worst performance i've ever seen and i'm well, like
0: now John have you seen Congo cuz mm, you, know, you know
1: you know I have seen Congo I would wager Congo, that Congo's worse but much like this movie I wiped it from my memory <laughs> for more important things yeah, I don't remember Congo sure. either. And I I'm mean, going. Tim
0: Curry has slummed it before. Like it happens. That's, you
1: know, yeah, I suppose that's true. I'm just so used to him like being the best part of anything I watch. But maybe that. Well, he was
0: given his smile and his
1: goofy. You know, he was trying. <sighs> he tried. And yeah, he but, certainly. And, you know, he was surrounded by trash. Like what can you say? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what. And Peter Boyle. Like here's the other thing too the, the history of the shadow or the character of the shadow. One of the great things about him, and this has you know been sort of stolen again by Batman is that like he has this enormous network of people that he like you know he saves somebody's life and then he basically makes him his slave and that's a great idea and he saves the dude in the beginning and like gives him a ring and says hey when I call on you you better do me my service you belong to me now and it's kind of on the one hand it's like cool but it's also creepy but he's got this whole network of people who are willing to do shit for him Peter Boyle being one of them And they do diddly fucking shit. I mean, (laughs) there's a couple of times he gets a message passed to him, but that's it. There's one guy manning the tubes that are sending messages. Yeah, and a cop will say, hey, there was a murder at the museum, and then i mean seriously he gets the message from his network that hey did you know there was a murder at the museum and then he's like oh shit turns around and genghis khan is sitting in his living room (laughs) saying hey i killed the dude at a museum it's like well i'm glad that we went through all that note rigmarole (laughs) because i know the whole 10 second sequence
0: of it going all around town
1: yeah there's no like mystery to solve that's the thing about the movie there's no mystery to solve there's no like nelson i'm
0: curious did i sleep through his use of the guy he saved early on in the movie because they make this whole point about giving him a ring and let him know the secret phrase and all stuff
1: you must have. He showed it, up at his
0: house at one point. I know he dropped the phrase on him.
1: Yeah, and then they did the uh, Indiana Jones like meeting in the library where he explains how atomic power works. Oh, I slept through that. <laughs> fucking, I wish I slept through that. That fucking thing was
0: so That's boring. That's all the guy did. Like he just told them about.
1: Like he spent he, he like basically five s- minutes telling him how an atomic bomb works, and I was okay. just like, just, just shit. You could look up uh, in a book, like. Well, shit, you could just say. Oh, he's creating an explosive. What kind of explosive? An atomic explosive. Oh, shit. That's not going to be <laughs> invented for another five years Got or whatever it. you need to do. I just Because you're right. That is an interesting wrinkle, having
0: this spy network of people doing stuff for you. But yeah. they, all they do is like, <laughs> like, he might as well be like, your life belongs to me now. I own you. Here's your ring. Here's a secret password. And he's like. My laundry is due. <laughs> doing Yeah, like, he's just menial labor. It's like guys that drive him or deliver him messages. That's it.
1: Yeah. And he's a billionaire. So he's already got <laughs> servants in his mansion, so why does he need more people quite doing the these? hiring process? I know. Well part of it is I just I I feel like there's a whole idea there of like, oh well the network could, you know rise up and do their own thing or there could be i mean peter boyle is the closest thing to a character in the film and he doesn't he, he does diddly shit but just chauffeur him around i mean you have peter boyle being a taxi driver for christ's sake <laughs> is there not one right joke or moment in there there's
0: there a bit of him in that and, and again it's the scene that's not that bad where the, the shadow is giving his speech to the guy he saved and it keeps cutting to peter boyle kind of like Mouthing what he's saying as if he's heard it a thousand times. Right, or that's and like that, a kind of clever way yeah. to show. Oh, like, well, that was during that
1: five good minutes of Ex- the movie. Exactly yeah. the the five minutes where they're like, well, if we <laughs> just do it exactly like the radio show, right, then this movie will be great. And then they for, then they got to the end. And they're like, well, what do we do now? I don't know. they're in Genghis Khan. Genghis I guess
0: Khan in a coffin. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah, that like. I mean, that's most of what,
0: anything that was that, that was just like Tibet or Mongolian Empire stuff, that was all that was,
1: it just felt very out of place and strange. Well, even the idea that he's like, the shadow is like his dark self, and we've sort of talked about that before. They, They sort of address this notion that like, well, the shadow is his dark self being repurposed for good, but they do nothing with it he basically can't I mean there comes a point in the movie where somebody like stabs you know Genghis Khan stabs him with the you know the talking knife (laughs) (laughs) and and he loses his concentration and lapses back into Alec Baldwin and spends the rest of the movie fighting him as Alec Baldwin again same powers so it doesn't really matter that it doesn't look right but the whole idea that it's like well it's your dark side being used for good is like It's completely just like trashed. Yeah. And the whole first five minutes of the movie is like, well, I'm going to redeem you whether you like it or not. And I love that idea hate the execution because there's nothing he basically just right in the movie off screen he gets redeemed and now he's a good guy and that's the (laughs) end there's no like real struggle
0: tangle with so the dream sequence which we also like is trying to do the symbolism of like oh he's Genghis Khan underneath like even though I'm a good guy now I have this horrible past and maybe I'm really evil and then Penelope Ann Miller sees him in a dream where he's evil and he's like my god you saw that and so so I I think there could have been an angle of of an exploration of humanity and you know his his darkness that right. could have been interesting, but I, it's all sort of cast aside for this. Because the thing is, this gang, this super evil Genghis Khan guy, has no nuance to him. Like he's just right. evil.
1: Yeah, that's it. And he wants to take over the world because you know Genghis, the real Genghis Khan, only got halfway done. Right. So. But and that's so you can't all of his have motivation. This, like
0: study of humanity or contrast. If if you have the most like black and white villain
1: that ever was, <laughs> yeah, and the most like vanilla milk toast hero apparently <laughs> right i mean they it's so weird because they would have those moments like in the first five minutes where he's like laughing and like torturing a, a you know the, basically the whole for this five minutes that we adore so much is you know a bunch of hey you see gangsters you know they they drive up and they've got a dude you know in concrete galoshes and we're gonna throw him off the bridge see and then the shadow's like up, you know, appears out of nowhere and says, "You, you know, the shadow knows all that you have done, the evil that lurks in your hearts and shit." And then beats the shit out of the dude, dangles him off the bridge, and threatens, "You know, you're gonna go to the cops, and if you don't go to the cops, I'm gonna come after you because I know what evil lurks in your heart and whatnot."
0: Yeah, that part was great. Where he's like, "I'm like your conscience, and I'll never leave you alone. And I'll torment you
1: until you give yourself yeah. in." He's like, "Okay." And uh. that's the end of all the cool stuff. Yeah, it's like, like him scaring
0: the fuck out of people and making them go, "Oh God!" And like turning themselves. And that's good
1: but yeah. that only
0: happens for that one bit
1: i mean they have him like laugh later on and he always talks about all the shit he knows but for all the shit he says he knows <laughs> he doesn't really know a whole lot he's always like well what's gonna happen next i can't even see the building that the dude is hypnotizing me hey, to man, forget
0: he blew up a lot of mirrors and then stabbed Timujin
1: really violently right in the head with in... a piece of glass that he uses telekinetically yeah. like suddenly at the end he has telekinesis to yeah, use it, it becomes like a wizard's duel all of a sudden it's so fucking weird i mean and by weird i mean just shitty and terrible yeah this is the guy by the way i oh we forgot to mention this this is russell mulcahy who directed highlander a good movie and highlander 2 a shitty movie Maybe.
0: <laughs> very bad movie <laughs> i would even wager worse than the shadow like highlander Maybe. 2 is real but trash I mean, it's
1: it's it's mm it's not good yeah uh well yeah okay <laughs> john uh
0: should we surprise everyone with the verdict no i
1: think we have lots more to say on this matter don't you please render verdict
0: the shadow doesn't even come remotely close <laughs> to holding up in almost every aspect
1: it has yeah no that, that was uh, that was torturous it's, I mean we're both we're fighting bad. to stay awake you're failing I'm, I'm, s- I'm sorry John <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know some sometimes you don't know until you check but that that one should have no. <laughs> I'm sorry everybody <laughs> it
1: was yeah. a mistake hopefully you all were entertained by our nonsense uh, and speaking of our nonsense I, I've seen the darkness within me <laughs> <laughs> and there's no redeeming it Hey, John, you want to know what we're doing next month to try and cleanse the power? Hey, anywhere we're going up, whatever it is, what you got? Oh, I don't know about that, because I, I, I was thinking we would do a comedy next, although I guess we did a comedy today. <laughs> um, speaking of things that we loved as a kid and, and are pretty sure are, are not going to uh, to live up to, I want to try out Cannonball Run. Ooh, I've never seen Cannonball Run. Oh, you're going to be so thrilled. I, and so will everybody in the audience i'm excited excellent cannonball run coming for soon june summertime yeah well until then thank you folks for uh enduring and uh if you have anything to say about the shadow or uh, any of our previous episodes anything at all you can write us at holduppodcast at gmail.com we still have our social media pages at facebook instagram twitter I don't know what all. My God. The choices are so varied and many. Just type (laughs) in at holduppodcast somewhere in the internet and you will find us. Uh, And if you uh, don't mind going to iTunes and reviewing us, hey, that'd be swell. (sniffs) All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And until next time, nobody move, nobody gets hurt. (laughs)